Hey, it's Shuri. And Okoye. And welcome to Head Boss in Charge in Wakanda. Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. You know what? We are so here for yeah. everything Black Panther. We are just going to get right into water cooler talk. Yes. And break down the layers and layers and magic and fun and greatness of the Black Panther movie. Yeah. And if you have not seen it, this is a huge spoiler alert. So turn this off. Go see the movie, see it two more times, and listen to our podcast in between. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Uh, well, first of all, just like, what were your first impressions of the movie? And, mind you, just so you ha- know a little bit about us, I am a huge superhero Marvel comic person, and I watch a lot of movies. I read some of the comics when I was growing up, and what I loved is that this movie brought everyone <laughs> to to the playing field and um um so i have never seen a comic video comic movie i don't know comic book movie i don't even know what <laughs> i will go it. with it Apparently, i will go with whatever you said um, yeah i'm just not drawn to action in this way or comic books um but i like since they announced this movie what like a year and a half ago um and i saw like i remember the trailer didn't give much to go from and i was like well, like, people are getting hype about it, so, like, let me start to pay attention. And then I saw, like, it was essentially an all-black cast, which we never see in terms of, unless it's, like, something, a ho- like, a holiday-specific movie or Medea goes to somewhere, <laughs> Medea goes to Wakanda, because that's next. Um, and so I don't, I was like, I, maybe, I, I have to see this. I must see it, if nothing more than to get these folks the dollars. But I also know who um ryan coogler is just because of fruitvale station um and so i really liked that movie as hard as it was to watch and as local as it feels being in the bay area but yeah i don't know anything about comic books or black panther i was just like ooh, people who look like me like mm-hmm. and then they had bald women in the pre- like in the preview stuff and i was like yes i like if nothing more i need to see what they're about yeah, so. um, I yeah I've been anticipating this for so long. I can't remember the last movie that the it, the promotion was a, like a year and a half. Yeah. <laughs> like you just knew about it early, and it was just like kind of pulling teeth at this point. It's like give us a movie. Oh no, you didn't just move it to February. No, you didn't just you know, extend <laughs> it. I was ready MLK weekend to be here, but actually I'm thankful it came out during Black History yeah. Month because it just added. Something yeah. to the history books. It was you know? right. It, it was, was right. right. It was the right thing I mean, to do. nothing against MLK Weekend, but, you know, this is my Don't want to take away from MLK Weekend. Oh, yeah, let's sure. put it that way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, this is my first one. So, I've seen it twice. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned a lot more seeing it the second time. Because I was just trying to be like, what's going on the first time? Like, what? Huh? Uh, yeah. I just saw it because it was a hype and it was, like, opening weekend. And I wanted to see it on opening weekend. And so... And then I saw it again with a set of friends. And then I could be like, oh my gosh, this makes so much more sense. Or like, I didn't even see that the first time. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Um, so uh, my first impression just of the movie, just the greatness of it. So I was that person and I do this everywhere I go. It's like, let me count how many white people are in this movie. <laughs> um, normally when I go out, it's um, let me count how many black people. Yeah. And it's usually like less than 10. Anywhere I go. Wow, that, that close to 10? <laughs> well, the last time I did this was, that activity was, um, activity, when I went to um, <laughs> Vancouver, Canada, 
Okay. And it's known as an international city, no, but I, it felt less black than San Francisco. Oh my gosh, I've been there. I was like, are there black people here? <laughs> right. And I was afraid to like look around or like, because I was like, I think I might be the only one. Yet yeah. Yeah. And I went into a shop. I was followed. This mm. this Asian woman wanted to see if I was going to snatch something. I was yeah. like, really? They're doing this? Asian woman, you should know better. Right. <laughs> um, but I counted... Uh, it was three white people with speaking roles, and, you, and one of them had the you know was the only white prominent character, the guy that the FBI, the, FBI the CIA okay. agent, and then he talks to a dude in the casino. That whole uh, in the the first fight scene. Claws. Um, well, claws. That's the second one, okay. and then the the CIA agent has a quick conversation with. Didn't even see that. Yeah, this bearded white guy. And then at the very beginning of the movie, there's that woman that got poisoned. Oh, okay, yes. So, and then with extras, so sorry, that was four. Yeah, so four white people with speaking parts. And then with the extras, I only counted seven. Okay. Total. Didn't so, count them at all. Yeah. So. I was just so mesmerized by mm-hmm. all of the, like, chocolate on the screen. Mm-hmm. And, like, what I loved, the it was, like, dark chocolate. Yes. Like, medium to dark chocolate. And that's mm-hmm. what I loved. And I was like oh my gosh, this is so not what I'm used to seeing in any other type of movie. Mm-hmm. So it's usually like, um, obviously there's no shade to folks who have lighter skin because you can't, well, I guess you can't control it nowadays, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just so, it such, felt like such a rarity. So I had to like, I was super aware of it. And I was like, this is great. It did, they didn't try to like ease up the storyline by right. having lighter skinned black people there. Always, like that's what Mixed Hollywood race does. black people there. Um, yeah. So I was super pleased with that. And I didn't notice that until probably maybe like 30 minutes in. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're all like darker skinned. This is amazing. Yeah, I I had that same. It didn't take me a while to, I don't know. I think because of all the talk before the movie, I knew they were going to go there. So like when I saw that affirmation of darker skinned people, I was like, yes, you better do it right. Um, I mean, it. It didn't hit me so much as like a, a shock, but more of a just an appreciation, mm-hmm. just like a, hey, comfort, like they're doing it right. Um, I I loved how the movie opened with um, Oakland and shout, you know Ryan Coogler yeah. shouting out to Oakland and, um, but one of the 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 overarching themes that I noticed about the movie was that um, even though the movie took place in different places, uh, it was not about like, the evil from the outside coming in and ruining Wakanda, okay. as most superhero f- films are based on. It, it was basically about the family. This yeah. <laughs> this movie was just about the shit that happens at Thanksgiving dinner, and all the drama comes out of the bag, <laughs> and here we are. Like, it's all about the issues that the family is going through, which you can't speak for a lot of uh, superhero movies. If a superhero is coming from, like, some sort of universe or land, it's someone who wants to, from the outside, that comes in and takes something, yeah. right? Um, did you kind of see that, or...? Um, yes, I didn't know that about the other movies. Um, but, yeah, I could definitely see that. It was... To me, I saw a lot about family and then um, how you respond when difficult situations arise in family. So mm-hmm. not only the, the dynamics of the family, which for the most part were, were good until you learn more about how um, uh, Killmonger was, came onto the scene, etc. But yeah, I thought very much around the, the family dynamics. Um, I'm going to ask a question and so I'm just going out of order whatever. Um, favorite scene? My favorite scene 
um, I have to split them between fight scene and non-fight scene because oh I gosh. look at it in two different ways. So my favorite fight scene was the one at the nightclub or the casino, as I okay. call it, where they're in uh, South Korea. Yes. Um, and there's everything about that from as soon as <laughs> Okoye comes in with that wig that she yeah. hates so much and <laughs> yeah. then impresses us with, by speaking not one, not two, but three languages Push, you know, and they're talking to the Asian woman. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who lets them in. But, my, but mind you, I have to, like, check the movie a little bit because this happens in almost every single action movie. Why does it have to be in a Asian country and yeah. then it's always the old Asian lady that is, like, you know... Like at the fish market. At the fish market and, like, knows the business and, you know, lets them in. Yeah. That happens in every single action movie. Yeah. Well, I thought about that in, what is that, the... Of course, I don't watch action movies that much, but like Jackie Chan, Chris Tucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, it's one of the, okay. Yeah, I'm familiar they're with this. Of those. Yeah. I mean, we can be a little, you know, yeah. racist too, but I'm <laughs> uh, not going to focus on that. So everything about that scene just, uh, it was the fighting all the way to the how the technology, like Shuri's technology oh. really came to fruition. Like, oh my gosh, you're... They're um, describing these uh, tools and weapons in a way that we haven't seen in any other movie. Like, that's how far advanced, right, Wakanda is. Like, they had to really, you know, if you're a company that's making all the Marvel movies, right, you have to be conscious of how one universe compares to the other. And their point was, yeah, we're so technologically driven, you can't even conceptualize what we can do. Like, (laughs) Black Panther can be out any of these motherfuckers. Yeah. <laughs> so. So is there a non-fight? Oh, non-fight scene um, that I really liked was <laughs> um, when uh, Killamonger walks in and they're having the like the council the council thing, thing. Yeah, and okay. that's what I think about. Like this was like Black Thanksgiving. <laughs> like <laughs> everything was coming out at that moment. Hey auntie. Hey auntie. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and it, that was also a moment where mostly the audience was like, oh no, like what the, like, like yeah. what's going on? Like we don't want him to win, but just everything about it was so black. Like yeah. it, went, it was really black. Um, let's see. I have two. They're both non-fight scenes because I'm not really into fight scenes. Um, one was when they were, I think it was the first challenge, um, when everybody was up on those, like they were split by like tribe mm-hmm. and they were like, this tribe, you have a challenge, like no challenge today. And just how they were, like, the colors that went along with them as they were standing on different parts of the rock. And it was so, uh, this was, like, the first time I can ever remember, like, having taken, I took pictures in the movie theater of, like, the scenes that I liked. So I had my phone out and I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Um, I loved that scene and seeing, like, all these different forms of, like, African people here, not fighting, just, like, understanding that they're in this in this world that there is a king and that they have an opportunity to challenge and all of that but it was very it was so like a really cultured moment that people are like we respect the culture and we are going to either challenge or not challenge it you know mm-hmm. so i love that i love love mm-hmm. love in that scene like the old 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 um lady she's like 92 or something um and she had a speak a little bit of a yeah. speaking part yeah, yeah she had a few times because she had it in that kind of like council room mm-hmm. or whatever but i loved that she was in that and i was like now if this is not a shout out to the ancestors right here because mm-hmm. she's about to be one no shade to her but you know um i loved that scene but then the other one i loved is when they were coming back from um 
uh, when T'Challa was coming back after that initial fight scene and like uh, where um, Lupita Nyong'o's character like like is like I'm one of the Black Panther people or whatever yeah, from yeah. Wakanda. They were coming back to Wakanda. Yeah. And like um, Okoye was like sitting there like she was meditating and then she was like. I don't want to like F up an accent, but she was like, we're home basically. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you see these trees and I'm like, what do you mean home? There's nothing there. And then like a split second later, it's like amazingness. Yeah. Like I loved that. Um, and yeah, there was something about that that felt really familiar, but it was like, we're home. And I was like, oh man, what does that feel like to be like, oh, we're home. And to know that like you are actually home. And then I feel like then I got in my feelings a bit about being, you know, a part of displaced people in the United States, but whatever. But yeah, there was something really meaningful about both of those scenes um, in different ways. But I loved that. Yeah, I... Oh, yeah. Um, you said you had two things, right? Yeah, those were the two. Oh, okay. Yeah. There is something that you said that I think was a prevalent theme. I, 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 I want to point out themes throughout the movie because I think there were so many layers and it brings up good points. So... Uh, when you're talking about the different tribes and the um, kind of we respect the culture, we're gonna but we're not going to put up, you know, a, yeah. someone for it. I think a prevalent theme that came up so many times was this idea of a kind of like governance, democracy, and kind of should I stay or should I go, rebellion. Mm. Like there were so many opportunities from down to the um, relationships between just two characters yeah. to um, tribe to, uh, I guess, what do you call the, the capital? I guess, yeah, tribe to yeah. capital, or maybe um, citizen to the, you know, the world, right? There's opportunities where you can <laughs> be loyal and, um, and be part of the culture. Maybe you don't think it's right, and you're going to rebel. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of my favorite, I guess, moments... I think the movie really tugged on your heartstrings as soon as we knew, knew Killamonger was related yeah. to, was it Wakandian and was related to Black Panther, you know, the reason why he was rebelling, I get it. He says, you know, you have all this great technology and this could change the world and I'm a victim of that world. How can you just leave your own people high and dry? Yeah. And then you have the other side saying, well, we, the reason why we're here as a Wakanda is because we protected ourselves in plain sight. We know we're here, but we're not here. And we shut out our technology to the world. So, and this is where we, where we are. Right. And neither side was wrong in that argument. And I think we, I walk through the world, you know, thinking about that all the time, like thinking about. Well, what would the world? What would Africa be like, or the world be like, if it wasn't colonized? Yeah. Um, so, what was your? Um, I guess. Well, so actually, the question I would I have is, whose side would you have chosen? Would you have been Lupita Nyong'o's character to leave and say, "This is not right. I'm going to find a solution and rebel," or would you have been Okoye who said, "Like, I know this is not right, but he Killamonger won fair and square. My king is dead. I have to stay by his side." Um, like in my real life? <laughs> Come on. So, yes, in your real life. Like, this is life or death. You as Shamina, what would you have done? I pro- To be honest, I probably would have stayed. I probably would have done the, like, loyalty to the king that is there. Um, part of that is, like, I'm not a risk taker, so if I don't know fully what's on the other side of something, I don't know that I'm going to go out and, like, risk being, um, risk what's on the other side of the wall that I don't know. 
But then I was like, well, there was a fairness to that. Although that contradicts how I, my mind immediately goes to like the electoral college currently in this uh, country and whatever. Mm-hmm. But like he, well, and this is all this, the time that we thought, I think that he was dead, right? Yeah, this is Yeah, so time. you thought that he was dead. I was like, well, we can be like, I'm not going to stand for this. He is still the king. But I'm like, if he is dead, then he is not the king because then he's dead. Um, but I probably would have done what similar to what Okoye did. Um, same. Yeah. Um, I uh, I think inside I probably would be Lu- Lupita. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, I my want emotions to. would be. Yeah, yeah, you want to. But if you know we have this legal system in place and it's either death or whatever, yeah. like I'm not gonna choose. Right. <laughs> exactly. I'm choosing to live. I think that's a realistic decision for me. I'm not a risk taker. Like I, I have no tricks up my sleeves. I, I think about those moments. Have you ever been in a moment where, like, in a classroom where, like, all the kids around you're like, oh, this instructor like didn't grade us fairly, and like you're noticing like everyone is trying to almost form a revolt or like a side against the teacher. Like, did, yeah. did you have any opportunities where you could have been pulled into like a classroom kind of? Yes, there's certainly been opportunities, and I don't fall into those opportunities. Right. That's not how I choose to fight a battle, if you will. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that I have seen those spaces be productive. I'm sure they have, and like, but I also don't necessarily want to be like a bandwagon person and follow like what the group does, um, because maybe I don't trust whoever's like the voice of the group, and maybe they are they're not seeing what the larger picture is. So mm-hmm. I tend to not be a like go with the crowd kind of person. Um, so I'm like, I don't, I don't know that I can align with everything that's said. And I don't necessarily want to passively sit by and just go along with like whoever has the loudest voice. So I agree. I was burned <laughs> by being part <laughs> of that kind of classroom thing. And there were many other opportunities after that, but I fight my own battles, my own, or my situation is different than yours, right? Yeah. Or you, you don't, um, you're not going to watch out for me, so. Yeah, right? This is a very much a self-serving thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel like I don't want to be, like, pushed or, like, coerced into having to, like, sign on to something that I don't believe in or agree with. Because mm-hmm. if everybody's on it, that doesn't mean I'm, I'm going to just jump on because you, you, you want me to hurry up and, like, make up my mind or be a part of this. Right. Um, and I've had that. That happened probably, like, three weeks ago. Um, that everybody around the table was like, well, yeah, I think this, and I, internally I'm thinking, hell no, this ain't going to be the way. This can't be the way we've got to do something better. In that instance, I didn't feel like I, I had, I didn't give myself permission to say something at that moment, but I was like, you know what, I still need to think about it. So that was my way of giving myself more time and not committing to something. But like, nah, like if I don't feel it, like wholly, then I can't, you know, reasonably sign on for it. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I think that's why I, we can't really undersell how brave Lupita's character was. Like, yeah. what she did was fucking baller. Because I would like to say that of this world, world, just knowing how people behave, I don't think a lot of people could successfully do what Lupita did. No. Um, hands down, if it was a life or death situation, which it was. I know this is fantasy world, but I'm trying to apply it to yeah, real world absolutely. context. Um, very difficult, you know, but uh, something well-respected and... I wouldn't say rebellion is good in every situation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I think about kids watching this movie and whatnot, like, I, I'm not saying... It just depends on the situation, and... Um, yeah. Well, I think part of it is us allowing people to make their own decision. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I get... Part of me was frustrated that 
um, Lupita wanted um, Okoye to be like, like, come with me, like, do this. And she's like, well, no, I have my own mind. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I get frustrated when people are either in, like, this fantasy world or in real life. People are wanting, like, wanting folks to rush to a decision because they believe in it. And, like, and it's not necessarily a reflection on any person, but each person has the ability to be an individual and make an individual decision. And so, yeah. Uh, so, a uh, question for you. What's a, um, another theme or kind of moment? Well, it wouldn't, yeah, moment, I guess, in the film that you thought was profound. Yeah, so I thought this whole thing was profound in terms of, like, the black women that were showcased, spot, spotlit, spotlighted, whatever, throughout the, the entire thing. I loved the... Um, I don't know their names. Uh, I wish I had in front of me. Like, all the black women who had bald heads and were in the, the, the outfits. Yeah, the uh, soldiers. So yeah, basically well. the soldiers. Yeah. Um, I loved how much power they actually had. And that displayed all throughout in terms of um, decision-making, being, like, on the front lines, calling the shots on occasion, um, essentially running the show for a lot of this. Um I have been very much in, especially the last few months, in this, like, believe black women, listen to black women. Um, and I've had a few instances where it's been, like, I, first of all, I've never thought some of the things would be me. Like, I'm like, oh, certainly it wouldn't be me. People know me, so of course they're going to, like, respect me and what I bring to the table. And they're not going to, like, you know, undercut me knowingly or unknowingly. And then I've had it literally happen three, four times in the last month. And I'm like, what in the hell is going on with people? Um, most of them happen to be uh, pushed out by white men, which that's not to say, well, th this is a fact. It's a fact that I was on the receiving end of a number of these things from white men. So this whole believe black women, trust black women, honor black women um, was really loud from the Shuri part with all the technology pieces to um, uh, Angela Bass's character as the mother and kind of the you know, taking over as the matriarch, but also letting, essentially letting her kids be out there and trusting Shuri with this stuff. Um, yeah, I just loved all of the the nods and the shout outs to black women because it, it feels like a long time overdue, especially like if you look at where we are in this country in terms of how black women are treated and policed, their bodies, their minds, disrespected, um, killed. Um, yeah, it, it was like, it was great to see all of us on the scene, like up on the screen for, um, for the duration of the movie. Like we weren't killed within the first like three minutes. We weren't objectified like for um, what our bodies look like naturally. You know what I mean? There was no one also trying to make their bodies or make themselves look like black women. And so that I think that's why I felt so connected to it. And that for me, I don't know if there was one specific thing, but just the strength of black women. Mm -hmm. um, was awesome and that we do run things and we need to be listened to and believed because we're out here slaying the game and being like undermined every time you turn around so you know um two things uh, to comment on that i i think when i tried to think of how what's the first instance where we get that mm -hmm. um that message of like just women uh being you know honoring um black women <laughs> is when um, Black Panther is about to go into the jungle. Um, and mm. uh, Okoye is like, are you sure you don't need me? Oh, you think you can just go? <laughs> okay, well, don't freeze. <laughs> and and was, what happens? It, it, 
he froze. Yeah. <laughs> and I love how they, he just plays that off. Like, talk about be, a black man being here for black women and being an ally. He's not letting it, his ego never got the best of him. Yeah. At any single point. It always was about the community, right? Yeah. And how he's like, yeah, I need her. Yeah. <laughs> and he, he laughed it off and he didn't let that get the best of him. For me, that was the, the very first of many in the movie where it, like, focused on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second thing is, you know how every time an incident happens and uh, through a company or organization, and we just like, how did, mm-hmm. out of all yeah. the people yeah. in that company, how did someone miss this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... Knowing that Ryan Coogler is a man, and I don't know who else was in the production or, you know, or in terms of the script writing and all of that, but I can't think of one thing they did wrong yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Like, and it's been two weeks, mind you, mm-hmm. and no one has said anything, on based on fact, no one has said anything awful about this movie. Yeah. That they did wrong. Yeah, I would agree. Think about that. That is so fucking yeah. powerful. To see that it's satisfied that many people. Because mm-hmm. people are loud and they will be quick to jump at something that is wrong. Yeah. As we all know. Yes. Because it's already happened, but it's all based on nonsense. Yeah. Well, you know what I think about? It's funny in terms of like the respecting black women part. When you, when you were talking about that um, and how um, T'Challa's ego didn't, it, like it didn't show up. It didn't get in the way. He was like taking the cues and whatever. And then I remember like that scene where they have um, claws like um, uh, handcuffed to the chair, and the CIA agent, whoever the government official guy, yeah. was talking to T'Challa, um, and then Okoye was saying something in Wakandan. I assume that that's the the, the native <laughs> tongue. Um, and then he's like disrespectful to her. He's like, "Does she ever whatever?" And then she's like. She does. Or she said something back slick. And I was like, why? Or when she wants to. Yeah. Why are you coming for her? Because she wasn't talking to you from the get-go. And she doesn't have to talk to, talk to you, colonizer. Mm-hmm. I know you, you haven't had that part. He wasn't at that part yet. But, <laughs> like, why are you disrespecting for her? She wasn't talking to you. Like, in this, like, dynamic, know, know your lane. Mm-hmm. And you were in the wrong one. That was so. such a good contrast. Yeah. Because they were, yeah, they were in the U.S., right? And all that happened. Um, I don't remember if they were in the U.S. No, I think they were in Germany because this was just, um, um, uh, oh, um, what's his name? Killmonger. This was right before Killmonger, like, opened up oh, the wall right, and put the it. mask on or whatever. Um, um, but yeah, yeah, just that contrast of these are the situations we're in when we're not in Wakanda mm-hmm. versus in Wakanda. Yeah. And this is how people treat each other. Yeah. So it was... Seemingly subtle, but like noticeable all the same. Yeah. Um, what were some of your favorite funny moments? I th- I thought this movie did a good balance between comedy and yeah um, action. Um, um, I liked the Mbaku, like when they went up to in the mountains. Oh. Yeah. When, um, there's a few other parts that uh, Shuri was super funny on. Um, <laughs> she gives right? she wins the comedy award. Like, right. She was the com- comedic relief. Um, Every scene. But I like when they were up there and he was like, are you done? When they were um, talking and then he told the FBI guy that essentially that like, he couldn't talk. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, what? I wonder, like, how does it feel to be silenced? And publicly silenced. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, probably feels uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was funny when he said that part to the FBI agent, whose name doesn't matter, um, because he did to me he didn't pay any sort of a pivotal role. Um, and then similarly when he was like, "I'll feed you to my children." Huh, just kidding, we're vegetarians. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, I think those are funny, but uh, yeah, I'm imagining you're going to probably mention some of the, the lines from Shuri. I also thought uh, Okoye had a few, like, when she put the wig off yeah, or whatever, yeah. she didn't say anything, but it was funny. Right, it was just, you're yeah. like, oh, finally, I can take this off. Right, you know, and like, literally face. use it as a weapon. So, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, <sighs> yes. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, Shuri had a lot of the obvious ones, like, when she's going around. So every superhero movie almost has this scene where, sorry, I'm going to step back from the comedy a little bit because mm-hmm. it comes in the scene, where it's like, okay, here's my lair. This is where I do my shit. I'm going to show you these cool outfits and this gadget does this and this gadget does that. So it's just so refreshing to see a young-ass girl. Yeah. How old is she? I don't know. She, yeah, doesn't uh, matter. Doesn't matter. Young black queen. Right, do that. But then... Um, when he walks in with those sandals and she was like, what are those? Yeah. <laughs> like totally cheesing him. Like it was so obnoxious. Uh, what are those? Or the, like, don't scare me colonizer. Yeah, that was, I was like, other mm. one. Um, which, mind you, I, so, uh, I, you have to see her in other things and uh, she is in an episode of Black Mirror and okay. I love seeing because I'm confused now of her age, because she looks a lot more older, mature, and badass in this um, Black Mirror episode. And for those of you who watch Black Mirror, uh, Sherry plays um, uh, the primary character in the episode called The Black Museum. It's the last episode of uh, season four, the new season. So anyways, her acting chops are really good, because she is like nine a day, and then she plays this like, oh, tech girl, you know? Um... Yeah, and another kind of favorite moment of mine that was funny was when Lupita was driving the car in that chase scene, and when oh. everything is all said and done, the car explodes, and she just sits there. And the is like, on the hood, like, just in with the wheel, like, okay, I no just, wheels, yeah. I'm just gonna stand up now. And I, what I love about Lupita's character part. is that she knows her lane. Like, she constantly said throughout the movie, like, I'm, I, you know... This is where I, uh, this is what I'm good at. I want to be the spy. I want to do this. I could be the queen if I want to, yeah. but I don't want to. And so in all those moments, even when the fight scene, she's like, yeah, I'm going to ride this car because this is what I know what to do. Yeah. And, I'm a, and I have a partner who knows what to do, and this is how we're going to battle together. Yeah. Like that teamwork yeah. was so important. Well, and it was like, I love the teamwork amongst all of them because there was Shuri doing back at the lab, we'll call it, doing her thing, like... And then they were out there, like, as a unit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it was almost, like, they were, like, mentally in sync. Like, you go this way, you go that way. And, like, we're both going to, like, wreck the scene in amazing ways that's going to be pleasing to the audience and get where we need to get. So, yeah. it was, I think there's another big theme around, like, unity. Yeah. And, like, it's not this, ooh, hold on, I just hit a theme. It's not this, like, what the world perceives as, like, black on black this or, like, the, uh, you know, black people can't get along for this, you know, in these ways. But it was a real, like, unifying moment that people can work together for the good of, like, an entire people. So, which I think, if you look at society, society, it, like, real world, thinks that we don't know how to get along. Like, we are, we can't trust each other and things like that. But this mm-hmm. was a real point of, like, connection with this group that, like, 
we can do this as a unit, right. you know, so. One thing that I am still trying to conceptualize in my head, because I um, didn't know this going to the movie, because I thought Wakanda was what we saw, plus all the tribes, but all the tribes have their own villages. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess just from a very geographical standpoint, I guess, did they call Wakanda the city, the capital, all the same name as, like, this world? I think of it as how we call L.A. the county, and then yeah. there's L.A. the city, because mm. they all, because the one note that they made was they all have a little um, piece of that um, vibranium, vibranium yeah. in their own way, but their their villages are not as developed as no, the capital, no, 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 but not they're still close. part of Wakanda. Yeah. So I just got a little confused off of this. We're so, you know, advanced and we help everyone, but... But y'all live in a mountain. Yeah. And then you all live in, like, what appear to be huts. The character from mm-hmm. uh, Get Out, um, who has the piss-poorest spirit of discernment, if you will. Oh, gosh, I'm that like, mean. you keep picking the wrong one. Like, you oh, keep God. picking the wrong oh, one. And I was like, this is, you are typecast now. Yeah, typecast. <laughs> That's lovely. I was like... We're willing to let you come back based on what happened at the end of Get Out, but my goodness. Although I just heard that they, they put out a the video for the alternative ending to Get Out. Oh. I haven't seen it. Okay. Um, I'm going to queue it up so I can watch it when we're done. Uh, but yeah, and I was like, ooh, this seems uncomfortable. Um, but yeah, I'm not quite sure how that played out in terms of like what is really Wakanda. Yeah, so it just makes me, maybe I just need to look at, you know, look at more of the history just in terms of how that was built and why are those people fine with just the life that they have. Yeah, and not being at kind of like the center, like the city center, mm-hmm. if you will. Because they all have the vibranium. Yeah. So, anyways, maybe that just shows, and, and the reason why I brought it up too, because it was connected to what you are saying was, it's not this black on black whatever, so maybe this is also another example of uh, people being secure and how they want to live their lives mm-hmm. um, and even though everyone has the gold doesn't mean everyone has to be you know the king like in the, in the, the city center right yeah um, yeah and maybe that's why they they here it is sorry just another kind of theme came up is uh, there's just so much respect on tradition yeah yeah like everyone has the power everyone has that vibranium Mm-hmm. But everyone respects the tradition and culture, and yeah. they all have the power to kill Black Panther if they wanted to. Yep. Yeah. But they don't. Well, it was, it was very much a shared, like, community community sense. You didn't get the sense that one person suffered at the hands of another person. Like, kind of what you said, but, like, nobody was suffering, but also nobody was fighting to, like, be on the top, you know? So, mm-hmm. which, again, is not what you would think if you were to watch, like, modern-day news or media. Mm-hmm. Like, we were, like stepping on each other's necks to try to get the, get at the top. It's yeah. like, people have what they need, and they're good with what they have. So. Love that. Which is, it's not how we see. Um, let's see. Maybe, last question. Okay. At least for me. You can ask some more questions. Um, Killmonger or T'Challa? Is this a huge, huge rather? No. <laughs> you go take it there. Um, like, who who was right? Um, at the end of the movie, or whose side would you be on? Oh my gosh! <laughs> no, because whose side would you be on? How about that? It would be T'Challa because okay. he because 
the reason why I asked you at what point in the movie, because he took his idea, because I, I thought that T'Challa and Killmonger represented the extremes of an argument. Mm-hmm. And I think it's much harder to take Killmonger's values and ways of approaching um, what he wanted. It's a little bit harder to bring it towards the middle versus T'Challa. I thought, and I had no, like, I would have never expected Marvel putting this as an ending, but I thought T'Challa did a great job of, we're gonna, of sharing and helping the world, but still preserving Wakanda. It brought the argument more equal, where it's, we're gonna be part of the UN, we're gonna have a seat at the table, we're gonna put these programs in schools um, so that black people can have access to te- technology, and we can get them off the streets, and all these things. Yeah. Like, this, it was such a good demonstration of, like, where the political meets the social meets the fantasy, yeah. right? And <laughs> That's so sad that someone loses fantasy. I know. <laughs> um, and that moment that he had with his uh, dead father, just saying, like, I'm not going to be you. Yeah. And I want you to know. I was like, ooh. I mean, you're, you should be glad he's dead. Because yeah, right. The way that you just mouthed him. Upside that head. For real. For telling him he was wrong. Girl, you would only have faith in courage to do that when he was dead. But... And oh, just that, um, from man to man, and just that moment, like, t- telling your father that you're going to be different than him, that he was wrong, yeah. I think that was a great message, and saying, I'm going to do it my own way, and sorry, I take yeah. I went into three million things, <laughs> but to answer your question, T'Challa. T'Challa. Yeah, how about you? Um, that's so hard, I wasn't prepared to answer my own question. Um, I think, I probably would just say would say T'Challa just based on his approach. It was more of a measured approach um, and seemingly um, maybe the path of least destruction whereas um, Killmonger was like by any means necessary we're going to take this back and I don't know that that's the way that I would go about something because it seemed um, aggressive. It didn't seem aggressive. It was aggressive. It was like Give them vibranium, give them guns, we're taking this back. And I was like, I don't know that that was going to help people kind of in the long run. I don't know if that was sustained change um, and how destructive that would be to Wakanda to go out and just kind of like give everything away. He burned all that, um, those little purple light things, like the Black Panther serum or whatever. Um, Not serum. But yeah, it just seems so like destructive. Um, but then I think about like, well, he was living in Oakland around like destruction. Cause that's kind of what, like when his dad was alive, when they were in the apartment, there was like guns and all this other stuff. And I was like, okay, if that's the environment that you grow up in, then in working. that's, yeah. That was his specialty in the oh, CIA, yeah. the, that white guy said. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'd love to see his character more developed unless it was in another movie developed, um, or like his back, more of his backstory. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like when, if that's the environment that you grow up in, then you come in and you like, somebody took from me, so I'm going to take from everybody else, you know, and I'm going to do it my way, regardless of like, and nobody's going to say anything about it. So Mm -hmm. yeah, which again, I don't think that's the, the way that I would go about it. So, but yeah, I I appreciate the measured approach from T'Challa. Um, the, so when I walk out of any movie, um, and we're, we're not going to end on this note, but I had to mention it at some point um, as like steps that Hollywood is taking to really uh, put black people on screens and whatnot. 
um, I went to have the movie and there's like, I felt like something was missing. And um, I Marvel had a huge budget and it makes sense. They can only pick and choose where they spend their budget on. And obviously and when it's an action film, it's going to be special effects. Mm-hmm. But I actually like how black skin is lit more in Insecure than it does in um, this movie. I was in the back row, which is the best place for me to watch a movie. Mm -hmm. And I was a little disappointed with how dark, like, if you're going to have dark skin, don't put it against a dark backdrop where it's difficult to see them fight, see their facial expressions and all of that. So um, the other fight scenes was not, there was not that much of a concern because the contrast of the lighting was different, Mm -hmm. but also just the editing of the film. Um, they didn't really put fo- well no Marvel movies don't really focus on kind of the the texture of skin in movies in general because they're focusing on the action okay but I I still to this day I can't think of any other piece of media that uh, makes dark skin glow as good as insecure mm-hmm. but I think about it HBO has a big budget too but they can afford putting their money towards that kind, yeah that kind of editing was there a scene in particular that you're thinking of in terms of the lighting and dark skin because the- I can think of two the first one was the uh, in the jungle um, when T'Challa is okay. coming down to fight all those people and Lupita comes out. And then it's the casino in South Korea, that fight scene. Okay, because um, see, I'm thinking two different scenes. Mm-hmm. One, when um, uh, Sterling K. Brown was in the apartment the first time. Because mm-hmm. um, he looks really, really like dark, shiny, yet ashy at the same time. Yeah. Um, and then the fight scene uh, when it was... Um, Going back and forth between Killmonger and uh, T'Challa at the, the in that kind oh, of subway that's area good one, yeah. when their unit their outfits were going in and out based on like when the tracks and the vibranium and all what science mm-hmm. was happening. But yeah, those are the two that I thought of like lighting, and I was all yeah. And mind you, like I have to put it out there, this is not saying like we need to make the dark people lighter. Yeah. Uh, but I, I can't really think of a other better example than yeah. Insecure where they re- respect the yeah. and even make the dark skin glow even yeah. more. Yeah. Um, but the background and all that is right, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but that was my own... Oh, no, my other criticism. <laughs> but I'm just poking up fun. Was, um, I think, the beginning of the movie, uh, it was Oakland, 1996? 92. 92. Mm-hmm. And Jump to Present Day, which is about, uh, it was like 20... Yeah, j- maybe just under 20 years? 20? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 22... 25, 26. 26, yeah. 26 yeah. years. So, um, when that um, cousin of his, the one that stayed alive... Uh, the one that was played by... Forrest Whitaker, the yeah. younger Forrest Whitaker. <laughs> <laughs> so, if, let's say that boy was like, what, he looks like he was, what, 25? Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> 26 years. <laughs> like, talk about Black Dust Crack. Yeah. I couldn't he help but think of so old. I was so like, old. Like, 26 years is not too bad. Yeah. <laughs> I made me laugh. Well, it was, was the so ancestors funny. making him pay for what they exactly. killed longer behind. So that's oh what that gosh. was. Oh my gosh. Um, alright. <laughs> to end on a good note, a positive note, um, what... What would you hope to see in a future Black Panther installment? 
another Black Panther. Because <laughs> I think they may mess this up and not do another one. Because I get nervous about this kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, or it'll be like five years from now. And I was like, no, 2019, I'm ready. Yeah. We ready. Yeah, um, I'm worried too about being on this one. Yeah. Um, I want to see more of a focus on the... Um, the soldiers, like the female soldiers. Because I think they play far uh, more of a role than they got to play here. Because right now, the, this one, they were just physical bodies, like doing like the labor, the laborious work of like protecting the king and honoring Wakanda and the culture and the community. But I think there's a story there to be told. Um, and so I'd, I'd love to hear some of them talk, in addition to Okoye. Um, but yeah, I really want to see that. that. Like, I want to see them like take center stage. I think there's there's a plot and a storyline with all of them. So like how did she get to be like basically the head boss in charge? Right. Like how is she the general? How did that happen? So I'd love to see that. Um I hope to see um a future installment with Storm. Because in the comics, um they are I think they even get married at some point. But um Marvel is going to it's still in rumor phase, but there's rumors that Storm is going to get her own trilogy. Now that X-Men... Who is Storm? Is, was Storm in Black Panther? No, Storm is okay. not Black All Panther. Right. Yeah. So there's um, there's a rumor that now that Marvel has acquired the rights of, of X-Men again, because it was sold to Disney and they messed it up, and um, now that it's back with Marvel, they want to start the X-Men series all over again. Storm might get her own trilogy, um, but I would love to see a movie with the both of them. Okay. Yeah. Black Panther and Storm. Mm-hmm. Who played... So Storm has been in stuff before. Storm from the X-Men? Yeah. Uh, play, what do you, what's your question? Like, who has played Storm? Um, Halle Berry. But that was pre-Marvel. Oh. Okay. I was like, I don't want to see her in this. No. So that's what okay. I mean is that um, X, X-Men was owned by Disney and um, Fox. Marvel, okay. Marvel sold the rights to X-Men before Marvel became... A music, uh, I mean, uh, a movie company before okay. they became big. So and they got it. They got yeah. it back, and everyone okay. has been really upset with the X Men series. And not everyone. Like some people really like it. I like it to a certain extent, but they um, took a lot of liberties to erase any kind of diversity or where it could go. Because Marvel, okay, X Men is very okay. is very diverse, and they take it there, such as Black Panther. If mm-hmm. you go back to the comics, so yeah, everyone who played the X Men characters from the past are not going to be hired again to. With okay. this new X Men because it's under new management. Yeah, it's it's starting all over. So, yeah, I don't know who would play Storm. Um, everyone wanted Angela Bassett for decades to be Storm, but now she's yeah. too old. Yeah. Sorry, but uh, <laughs> wow. um, I didn't need to go there. Right. But <laughs> um, she can't play the young <laughs> Storm wow. anymore or the twenties. <laughs> well, she's also um, Black Panther's mom. So Black Panther can't um, marry her mom. So no, that's true. That yeah. So, anyways. <laughs> okay, can you stop making those faces? You said Angela Bassett old, and I was like, <laughs> she's like the poster child for Black Panther. Like, I I know, I know. So I'm just trying to work through that. <laughs> All right. Well, that ends our water cooler talk. Uh, we're gonna take a much needed break, and we'll be right back.
All right, and we are back. Wow. Wow. <laughs> okay. Hey, Paula's back. This ain't Sherry, okay? Okay. I don't know. I don't know who that was supposed to be. Uh, that was a little <laughs> bit of my draft persona. Oh, okay. I was like, I had a few thoughts in mind, and I was like, but let me not say those, because those could be wrong. No, I'm still developing how my drag persona talks. Okay. But anyways, uh, we are going to, we're just going to jump right into, um, our head boss of the mother. <laughs> What's this thing called again? Head boss or head bitch. Boss ass bitch and bitch there ass boss go. of the week. All right. <laughs> That's what it. it is. Um, they should know by now. Right. Um, new listeners, go back and binge listen. Um, so I will start. I have a few. Um, this is a, let's start with the bitches. So I was reading, and this is uh, not necessarily a person, but more of a concept and it kind of sucks in this country. So I was reading an article on the Atlantic the other day. Um, we'll make sure that the links get in the show notes. Um, it's called, this is what life without retirement savings looks like. Um, I don't know how I came up with <laughs> your eyes just got real big. I'm worried. I'm worried. Um, I, I was just know. scrolling through the interwebs and I saw this and, um, they basically go through and talk about this lady in California, in Corona, which is a neighborhood in Southern California, Riverside County, I think. Um, and just how, like, it just talks through how senior citizens um, who are retired, so usually late 60s, early 70s, sometimes 80s, are trying to make it in the world on like the bits and pieces they get from Social Security and pension if they have it. And some and most of these people don't have like any sort of retirement savings that's independent from a pension, again, if they had a pension. So I'm, I was reading this and I was like, wow, how do people make it work? And then I think about my own mom, and I won't go into her own, her story because that's her story to tell, but it just reminded me of how important it is to start to make plans for retirement, no matter how far you are away, no matter, like, even if it's a small amount of money that you can start to put away, but planning for what your retirement looks like. So you're not, like, so hopefully you don't have to, like, be somewhere renting a room from someone and, um unable to pay or live by yourself even in the studio apartment and not like even in a piss poor neighborhood um because social security at some point is going to you know be gone um because people are living longer so they're using more more of the social security dollars that we're inputting now are being used now um and i'm not saying like next year it's going to be gone but by the time like um a lot of folks like um our age are going to hit our retirement social security is going to be like so small mm-hmm. um so I even think of now, like how archaic things like the, the like if a spouse part uh, passes away, they get a whopping two hundred and fifty dollars from Social Security from the spouse, like from the spouse's account. <laughs> so it's not like, and I'm like, what the hell? You can't even what's, get like a flower basket for two fifty for a funeral at a funeral or um, a memorial service. But it was just, it was really tough to read the story, and it reminded me like how fortunate I am to be in a position to save. And to like actually have an investment, and I work for an organization that has a pension, so I've got that, and I've got retirement savings, so I won't be fully reliant on um, Social Security if it even still exists. I know, isn't he currently trying to get rid of it? Ugh, I can't even. Probably, um, I have to really temper what I listen to from that that uh, thing. So <laughs> can't even like anywho, but yeah, it's just. Um, we have to do a money episode at some point and just even talking about like how to get started with the companies that you work for and starting to save or what kind of accounts to start to put money in because there's so many things, small things that we can be doing now. And sometimes it's going to be like you're sacrificing like a cup of coffee a week or whatever the case may be. 
to be able to save so that you're not eating like out of a can when you're like 75 and that's all that you've got because you're renting a room and you have a hot plate maybe so it was really like bitch moment to think about but also like a reality check of oh my goodness I, I don't want this to be me so what can I do now um, let's see so that was one of them so kind of a downer but it's it's a reality check it's we're all gonna be hopefully around long enough to retire um, let's see um, I have a, another bitch so last October there was um, it didn't really make the national news um, at least out this far west but the title of this article it's in the advocate it's called mother of baby killed in Baton Rouge crash involving an off-duty cop arrested for fail failing to secure the child's seatbelt so essentially, an off-duty cop was driving roughly between 80 and 90 miles an hour on a, a highway, um, not under the influence, but just showboating or whatever, hit a car that had a bunch of people in it. Um, everybody got injured, and one of the, a little one-year-old baby ended up dying a few days later. Um, the cop got arrested, uh, was out on bail, and I don't even know that he was fully charged. Um, it did, the article didn't say that much more. But... Fast forward like five months later, they've now arrested the mom of the one-year-old baby because it has, quote-unquote, it has been determined that the, the baby wasn't properly in the seatbelt. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, are you... I'm trying not to Is curse this a black this woman? Yes. Of course it's a black woman. Of course. Who else would it be? I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Are you kidding me? Not only to be a victim of this crime by a police officer, but to also lose your child as a result of the carelessness of people we're supposed to put our trust in, take a deep breath, but then to be arrested and charged with, I think it was like negligence. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, for real? First of all, you're months later, Second of all, this woman is very likely still grieving. She will ne likely not move beyond that grief. And then you want to come back and be like, oh yeah, and because several months later we've determined that the child wasn't safely in the seatbelt. You, you think that was the thing that precipitated this whole thing, the child not being in the seatbelt? How about the officer? Not, so it's just a way to distract. I see this very much as a distraction to what the issue is of the officer who did wrong and should be in jail and should be thrown under the jail. So when I read that, I was like, this cannot, I cannot believe this. This makes no sense to me. I don't understand. So. And I don't even, yeah. I don't even know why y'all can't motherfucking see how you will, you will do anything in your power, throw anyone under the bus to yeah. save a fucking white man's ass. Yeah. All that time yeah. that must have, all the, the pushing yeah. the paper and the rumblings and talking to yeah. this lawyer, talking to this mayor and like, oh, let's try to save him. Yeah. All that happened in the back. And then that's, that's what they came up with. Yeah. Oh, we'll just say, yeah. oh, yeah. Fucking hate. Um, so, um. So, bitch to all of that. Um, and then I will try to go on a lighter note to as a boss. Thank you. So, this most uh, this week was How to Get Away with Scandal, um, which is the, the crossover between How to Get Away with Murder and Scandal. And it was just amazing. I actually stayed up. I was awake <laughs> to see it live. 
because it, it, it was over both episodes, so it was two hours of, like, black girl magic, mm-hmm. and the way that Annalise read uh, Olivia, and the way that Olivia read Annalise, and they were both like, I don't need, we don't need either one of us, but then they came together um, and did good. I was, um, and I don't, I, from what I remember, I fell asleep, I started to nod off at the very end, so I don't think the case is fully over, um, uh, but just the, Shonda Rhimes stays in the HBIC, she stays head boxing, um, the fact that she made this happen, like, it, I don't even have words, and I'm watching the episode, and I'm gonna watch them again, um, I just love how they were able to come together or even how they were like, they read the shit out of each other, but at the end of the day, they know like, I got your back, you got mine. Like we do, we do good work together and we will continue to do good work together. So let's be bombed together and then go off and do our respective things. So they both like tilted the other person's crown and said, you got this, sis, I got this, sis. Yeah, <laughs> just, just a little bit. Um, and so I just love seeing both of them on the screen together. And I'm like, why can't they be in a show together? Like, I want this full time. Even though I was getting kind of like disenfranchised with Scandal and it's in its final season or whatever. So I was like, it's kind of waned a little bit. But I'm like, if y'all bring it like this, bring this back as a thing. Like, how amazing would it be to have two like A-list black female leads on a show? Like, I'm not ready. You can. Have, I, don't, I don't even have edges, but you can have them right now. Yeah. Um, yes. But just to think about how powerful and how amazing that would be. And did you hear that Lupita and Viola are about to do a movie together? I, heard. I don't know anything about it. I just saw a picture like earlier today and I was like, where do I get my ticket? I don't know what it's about, but yeah. I'm going to see it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to definitely see it. I don't know what it's about, what it has to do with anything, but I'm going to see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Best believe. It could be written in uh, Swahili. I'm going to see it. <laughs> I will go see it. I don't even need subtitles. Swahili. People always choose Swahili. I couldn't think of anything else. And I was trying Um, to not be grossly offensive. Uh, But I was like, I'll see it. Give me the ticket. Oh, and shout out to, what is this, A Wrinkle in Time that's coming out? I don't know squat about that either. either. But Ava DuVernay... Yeah, directed and Roman, Oprah is and Mindy Kaling yeah. and Reese for the gays. I have to say Reese with his film. Like, come I'm on now. gonna go see that. I yeah. don't know anything about it. I'm not gonna read the book before. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know it was a book until about two weeks ago. <laughs> Someone's like, "Did you read the book?" I, There's a book. Um, we probably could do a whole episode on the how to get away with scandal. Yeah, yeah. it was crossover. great. There's um, so many good like just being a boss in the workplace kind yeah. of examples we can pull from. Yeah, but anyways. I was. Um, I stayed annoyed with Michaela in this because I was like, ugh, so I won't spoil that. Whatever. Um, and I wished that um, Tegan was in the episode. Uh, Fail on that part, Shonda. But that's okay. I love you anyway. Hopefully she'll be back. So yeah. Boss in and on a boss. Any for you? Um, I have nothing for you. <laughs> I got nothing. Sometimes that just happens and you gotta be okay with it. So thanks for listening, all. Uh, please listen to us wherever you get your podcasts, uh, which is Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Stitcher and Google Play. Uh, please interact with us on social media. We're on Facebook and Twitter. And uh, by the time you hear this episode, we are on Instagram. So our Instagram handle is at headbosspodcast. Um, you can see our lovely photos that were taken by Crystal Wallen. Um, you should check out her website. She's a great photographer. So, and she's also a listener. Thanks, Crystal, for listening. Yay! Hey. And um, of course, rate us, review us, leave us any kind of comment, and we'll get back to you. And um, we'll see you in a couple weeks. Bye.